0: Advent, Sunday number two. Love is patient waiting. How many of you are in God's waiting room at this point? Do you feel you're waiting for something you've been preparing, you've been earning, planning? You're just waiting. Maybe it's a holiday. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's something, but you're waiting. Well, there's some people here in God's waiting room, and we're going to look at them. But first, let's look at the scriptures. Luke 2:25 to 35. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Good news and tough news, all prophetically uttered. Now well, we're looking at people who are waiting In Ontario, where we ministered in a Baptist church 35 years ago, it was the end of November 1986, and our next door neighbors was a young provincial judge and his wife with three lovely children. We became friends with them and enjoyed their company, but Christmas was coming. And Valerie said to Muriel and a few of the ladies in the neighborhood, I know what John's getting me for Christmas. It's going to be a new Jaguar, and it's going to be in the driveway with a big red bow around it. Wow. Well, we waited, and she waited. And the weeks went by, and Christmas morning, we looked out in the driveway. We saw it. There was this beautiful new car, a big red bow around it, but it wasn't a Jaguar. It was a Dodge Dart. (laughs) That's all right. A, A Dodge Dart is all right, but for her it wasn't. She'd been waiting for a Jaguar. She expected it. Her husband was a judge. Why shouldn't she have a jaguar? Anyway, it was expectation unfulfilled. There's another situation that you know more readily, and that is the Prince of Wales, Charles, waiting to be king. He's 73 now. And it might be he would be in his early 80s before he ascended the throne because his mother is long-lived. But the minute the queen dies... The minute she dies, he will become king. His waiting will be over. He will be King Charles III or George the VII. Won't that be amazing? His waiting will be over. Well, there was another man waiting. He had a much bigger world picture than either the lady looking for the jaguar or Prince Charles. He was waiting to meet God. Can you imagine? Waiting to meet God. Waiting to see a little baby and to to hold him and to pray for him and his parents. There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. These were interesting times. Rome ruled the world, and at the pinnacle of power was Augustus Caesar, Under that man were 33 legions of well-trained Roman soldiers, numbering from 450,000 to half a million men. And they marched the streets of every town and sailed every sea and river in that area. Rome was in charge. And out of some caprice, the emperor decided that he would want to count his people, a census, so he could tax them properly. So the census came about, and a young couple living in Nazareth, had to move, they had to go back to the town Bethlehem because that was their place of their ancestral uh, family, and they had to be registered. In the meantime, she had a baby. What a baby. What a baby it was. That baby grew up and saved my soul. I get excited about that baby. Don't you? Amen. It's marvelous. And God was working very specifically at that time He had a purpose in mind, and that purpose includes you and me. I get excited when I think of that. It's an ongoing purpose, and we are at the center of that, we who belong to him. Well, what do we know about Simeon? The Hebrew word is, for his name, God has heard. said he was righteous and devout. Righteous meaning upright in God's sight. Devout meaning that he was rightly motivated He was waiting because he loved God and wanted to fulfill the purposes of the Lord he loved. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. Israel was looking for comfort. Surrounded by Roman soldiers and other enemies. She was waiting for her Messiah, her Mashiach. The Holy Spirit was upon him. That says it all, doesn't it? If the Holy Spirit is upon you, if he's on you and in you, watch out. Things are going to happen. Things will happen. I've seen them happen. But if the Holy Spirit isn't in your life and if he's not controlling you and guiding you, something or someone else is going to fill that vacuum because nature abhors a vacuum. I know this. When you're retired, you have time on your hands. I have a good pension. I can relax. I can read. I can work with my stamp collection. You know what happens? Distractions. Distractions. And in those distractions, little voices come in and say, well, you can do this, and you're all right, and no, no, I'm not all right. the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, I have to correct that. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you daily? Filling you, guiding you, speaking to your heart? Well, obviously, Simeon was. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, how could a man, an old man, an unknown person living in Jerusalem have a promise like that from God? Do you know how he got that promise? He was listening. He was taking time with God. He wasn't just praying for Aunt Molly and for a raise at the office and this and that. Those prayers may be legitimate, but he was in God's presence. He was taking time just saying, oh, Lord, I love you. Do you ever do that? Do you ever take 10 minutes and 15 minutes, close the door, turn off the television Just say, Lord Jesus, I love you. I just want to let you know I love you. I love you. And that's the time when God can speak. He can touch your heart. And he did with this man. Are you a listener? That's a good question, isn't it? I like this quote, Sanford Yates. Here it is. Our world is becoming deaf to words because there are too many words. Before I can become any kind of voice, I must become an ear. I have to learn to listen in order to hear what is being said. I have to learn to listen in order to hear what's being said. Simon got it right. He's in the temple. He's waiting for God. He's praying. He's patient. He knows he's in the right place. He's waiting for a baby. Simeon went over, took Jesus in his arms when he finally saw him in his mother's arms and he begins to pray. And this prayer of Simeon is a sort of prayer song. It's called the Canticle of Simeon. Have you heard that term? In the Latin, it's the nunc dimittis, which means now let depart. Now let me go, Lord. I've seen all I want to see. I've seen your baby son. God has promised Simeon that he would see the salvation of God. What did he see? He saw a baby. You know why? Because salvation is a person. It's not something you do. It's not a creed you sign. It's not a church you join. That's all fine. But first of all, you need to come to that person. You need to come to Jesus. Not something you do. I'm shopping at Savon at 203 uh, quite regularly. I get talking to the staff in there. I, I, I get to know some of them. And this one fellow is Dave, and Dave loads the shelves, and I go over and talk to Dave about a month ago. I found out he was a Christian. I said, Dave, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've done that, yeah. Oh, that's nice to see the enthusiasm, nice to see that. <laughs> anyway, we go on, we meet again, and I say, Dave, how are things going with you? Oh, not bad. And he's a nice fellow, he's about 50s, nice young guy, loading the shelves, and um, He gets talking about COVID and the the vaccinations. And he says, you know, this is all government control, the whole thing. It's leading to a dictatorship. Oh, I I said, Dave, could it be protection? Not control, but protection? Are they trying to protect us, maybe? Oh, no, it's control. It's very obvious. You'll see how it'll go. And, And I couldn't persuade him otherwise. So I said, Dave, come on, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. I was 22 years old. I didn't know the Lord. There was something missing in my life. I was living in Toronto. And the Lord brought the member of the Black Diamond Motorcycle Gang into my life, a big guy who was excited about Jesus. And he would talk to me. And I said, I've heard all that, Dave. I went to Sunday school and everything. And he says, yeah, but, you know, Sandy, when he was was dying for you on the cross, he had you on his mind. He was dying for Sandy Young. I said, yeah, I guess he was. And then you know what he said? He said, what are you going to do about it? I've never had a minister. They never had the courage to say that kind of thing to me, these ministers I sat under. What are you going to do about it? And I said, what do you mean, Dave? He said, you've got to receive him. You've got to see that you have a need. You have to come to Jesus, open your life to him. And, and I did. That fellow led me to Christ. And it was, it was very clear that I needed a savior. And I, I don't want to talk about a lot of things that really don't count because, as you know, if you argue with people, sometimes uh, you don't get anywhere. It only increases their resistance. Talk about the Savior. Simeon is saying, Lord, you can let me die now. It's all right. Can you ever come to that thought in your mind That's ready. you're ready to go because you've done your work? You're all ready for that moment. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. What a remarkable statement for an elderly Jewish man to make who had no overall theological understanding beyond that of his own country. The Messiah, the Mashiach, was to come for the Jews only. But he's saying something else. The sight of all people. And then he goes on. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel." The Gentiles? You're kidding. They're subhuman. They, they go into our temple and we have to have our temple cleansed. They're, they're vile, they're, they're pagans. You mean there's salvation for these people? You see, this had to be a prophecy because the Jews couldn't accept it otherwise. And he was foretelling that which would happen. Luke, the gospel writer, made sure his Greek audience understood that Christ had come to save all who believe, Gentiles as well as Jews. And now the response of this young couple, Joseph and Mary. How did they respond to this lovely old man holding their baby? The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. I'm imagining now that Mary was encouraged When she heard these prophetic words about her little one, she thought to the time when Gabriel came and said, the Holy Spirit is going to rest upon you and that child which is born of you is going to be of God and he will save his people. Then the words came, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Mary must have been encouraged. Yes, we're on track here. God has spoken again. See, Simeon's waiting. He's waiting. He's able to speak. And then what does he do? Verse 34 of Luke 2. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. Well, first of all, he blesses them. He prays for the young couple. Raising a child today isn't easy. Some of you have three and four children. I don't know how you do it. We only had one. And that was a a wonderful challenge with God's help. And it seemed seemed to work out as the years went by. But to to be raising the Son of God, that would be frightening. And he was praying that they would have the courage and the stamina and the spirituality to raise and nourish this little one so he could become the Messiah for the people that he would die for. He also prophesies that Jesus would have a paradoxical effect upon Israel. The nation that longed for its Messiah. When he came, they wouldn't know what to do with him. Finally, they killed him. They killed their Messiah. They killed the one that was their comforter and their only hope. Once again, it shows the weight of history that would fall upon the life of this little child. Had the prophet Isaiah not said... But for both houses of Israel, he will be a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And for the people of Jerusalem, he will be a trap and a snare. Many of them will stumble. They will fall and be broken. They will be snared and captured. Oh, my. I I don't care for this kind of talk, do you? This is supposed to be comforting. Remember, preachers have to preach some hard things, too. Amen? You bet they do. I've gotten in trouble for certain things. The most persecution I ever had in my life was from my own church people. That's true. Sandy, you're getting a little bit close. Well, that's all right. Let the Lord guide us. Anyway, the point there was the truth as it would be spoken and taught through Jesus and his disciples would cut like a knife. It would divide people. And you've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. It cuts... It divides. I remember I was waiting to have my car serviced one time. And a a big uh, Ukrainian man was sitting next to me in the waiting room. And we got talking. He had great big hands. He must have been a farmer. Fine man. And uh, we talked a bit. And I said, how are you? He says, oh, my son. I I don't know what to do with him. I said, what's wrong with your son? Oh, he's 23 and he comes home. He's talking about Jesus all the time. Jesus, Jesus, all the time. I'm getting sick of it. I said, oh, well, well, has his life changed? Has there been any appreciable change in the way he acts? Oh, well, he's happy, but he's, he's crazy. And I, I finally told him, when you come into the house, Bob, leave Jesus at the door. I said, You can't leave Jesus at the door. How dare we leave Jesus at the door? He comes in. If you belong to him, he comes in. And he comes in in you and in me, doesn't he? Well, there's the division. Love, love, love. That's what's being preached today and talked about from our politicians. And the truth, when declared, is often seen as hate language or bigotry. Well, we have to speak the truth. We have to speak it clearly and graciously. And then we see, in verse 35, "So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. The word of God, the word of God, cuts. It exhorts and encourages. And we know from Hebrews 4, the word of quick, God of quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit, and is a searcher of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When I read the Bible, I'm often comforted, but not always. I'll come to something and I'll say, I'll think, oh, okay, thank you, Lord, I've got to deal with that. And I must deal with it. It speaks, it's a marvelous, marvelous device the way it cuts and speaks and encourages. And then to Mary, Simeon speaks these words, draconian words, difficult words, and a sword will pierce your own soul also. I feel like saying, oh, give Mary a break. She's gone through all of this preparation to give birth to a Messiah. She's been misunderstood. She's been gossiped about. And you mean she's going to have further trouble? Yes, she will. She will. She would be grieved by the widespread rejection that her son would receive in his earthly ministry. She would finally be crushed, almost crushed, by seeing him humiliated as he's murdered, executed on a criminal's cross. But, you know, there's a cost. If you're going to follow Jesus in any manner, if you're going to speak his name, if you're going to be unashamed to take a stand. I, one time I was out... Uh, walking down the street. It was a hot summer day and a fellow was uh, kind of asphalting his driveway doing a nice job and I said, boy, it's a hot day, isn't it? Oh, he said, yeah, it is. I said, well, I said, praise the Lord we can at least go inside and have a glass of water. He says, praise the Lord, you're not one of those people, are you? One of those Bible thumpers? That's exactly what I am. What are you? And he, he got very quiet. What are you? I said, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to thump this. I don't, I don't want to do it rudely but I'm unashamed, and we've got to have people in our churches stand up and graciously and powerfully speak the name of Jesus and live it. If you don't live it, don't speak it. Amen? That's why this man stood strong. He stood strong because he was upright. He lived it, and he prepared to speak it out of a lived heart. The question is, are you in touch with heaven? If if not, why not? Have you slipped a little bit away away from some of your moorings, the spiritual moorings? Get right back to it. Get right back. He's there for you. He's there. Let him encourage you. King David in Psalm 27 tells us about one of his conversations with God. David says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. So this is God saying to David, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Lord, I'm coming. He is a welcome person in your life if you'll, if you'll let him be welcome. He'll come in and he'll bless you. Okay, you say, but Sandy, I'm just an ordinary person. I'm not spectacular. I, I can't come up on the platform like Ian and play the guitar. and I don't preach like Wally or, or uh, Brad. I can't even operate the sound system like Brady and, and, and some of these fellows that do a good job, Joel. I can't do that. Listen, if you're hanging in, if you're faithful, if you're serving, if, even if you're in God's waiting room, you're going to be blessed. He'll stand with you. I know that we've attended this church for six years. And I also know that there are a lot of simians in this church. I know you people. I know you by name. I've talked to you. I've watched you faithfully serving. There are simians here, a whole lot of you, maybe all of you, Don't be ashamed of that. Just get up and be a Simeon and be filled with the Spirit and let him make you friendly. Let him do the small things, the big things, whatever he calls you to do. He will do that if you're willing. And if I'm willing. Finally, they who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let us wait upon the Lord. Let's make this a new day. I want to make this a new Christmas for me and my family by listening more to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, use this message and this poor vehicle that communicates it. Oh, God, use it to touch, stir, strengthen, exhort, bless, quicken, convict. Whatever you want, you know how to do it, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen.